So I, uh, the, the only thing, uh, the only notion I have is, is to save my Elden Ring, uh, Apophenia, um, for the Patreons. Cause I'm, I'm ready to say the least true thing about Elden Ring ever. Yeah. So Chance. yeah. Lying about Elden Ring is going to be behind the paywall. That's really important. We don't tell the <laughs> truth about Elden Ring. Um, <laughs> we leave that to the, the true scholars, um, of YouTube. Uh, we're we're here to spread misinformation on the internet. That's kind of the, um, the the goal of this podcast. Uh, Great. Yeah, it differentiates us from the other one, which will not be named, of course. The dark, the dark and evil podcast, the enemy, um, mm-hmm. which is mostly about getting getting the hosts arrested at some point <laughs> from the things that we say. <laughs> Uh, we we keep uh, flying further away from Earth's orbit with every episode of uh, the Dark Podcast. But yeah, I do f- <laughs> the dark, the Dark Podcast. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to call it from now on on this one. <laughs> Anger, sexual lust, the sorts of things that you experience when you're playing a video game. All these concepts originated with Karl Marx. So, of course, dear listeners, um, you're listening to Agab. My brave and noble co-host Kyle uh, cannot be with us today for reasons that he'll tell you when he's goddamn ready, you dogs. Uh, Which means we're taking a break from our prison series to talk about one of the most normal and not weird or horny uh, game franchises that's ever been made, uh, which we'll get to a little later. Uh, and I'm joined, of course, by one third of the Dark Podcast, video games are the worst thing on earth. Reese, hello, Reese. Uh, thank you for uh, having me on. Okay, I am proud to be the most mentally ill and feral guest to appear on the podcast so far, and I think that that's going to be a tough, <laughs> uh, high watermark to beat. Um, I'm I'm excited to, to talk about uh, Resident Evil Four remake uh, after we. D- talk uh, about seven to ten movies as i understand it um yeah and it's 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 nice to just sit here on a sunday afternoon uh, and chat the thing about video game podcasting is it's really about the movies you talk about in mm-hmm. between <laughs> that's that's a lot of people don't appreciate that that side of things but that is that is how it works um so First thing I want to ask, and this is going to be really uh, important for a lot of the discussion to come. Um, were you a Dragon Ball Z person in your youth, or no? I, I hesitate to say person, but my first <laughs> exposure to anime um, was uh, Dragon Ball Z uh, and a couple of the you know high watermark movies uh, like uh, like Akira. Uh, at all um but it's like i didn't really understand like anime and like the only way to access it uh was like suncoast video where you could buy two episodes of of whatever for 45 dollars yeah so my friend sent me like like 14 dragon ball z episodes um and i watched those uh over and over again um, not understanding <laughs> really what it was or how to get more, uh, but being blown into outer space by it. Um, and since I have, I have 
watched a fair bit of it and love it, but I, I don't know if I'm a Dragon Ball Z person necessarily as much as many of the uh, zealots and high priests. <laughs> would you would you say that you've seen all of it or no? I haven't seen all. of it. Okay. Um. Well, what's important, and you may or may not be aware of this. There's a there's a big focus on first of all beating children to death. Um, that's really important. Wonderful. Um, to to me personally, but especially to creator Akira Toriyama, that is clear. And something that I find really interesting about it. And I think that this is going to connect to discussing Resident Evil a little later is it kind of chooses when to take itself seriously and mm-hmm. when it's a joke um, in a way that that can feel very, very free flowing and um, almost hard to follow for some audiences because because the original Dragon Ball was like a, a, a comedy, it was like yeah. an action comedy. And Z never loses the comedy, but it it adds these elements of seriousness, and the way it vacillates between them, I think, is really interesting. Um, because you you will see children die. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. will see. <laughs> Gohan will get his neck broken by a, a big, um, big alien with a learning disability uh, on Namek. That will happen. But the premise of what's happening is so funny. Yeah, I I think that that absolutely makes sense. I, I think in general, one marker of of a skilled uh, s- cinema creator, uh, content uh, smith, is the is that mastery overtone. Like it's hard enough to just make something funny, make make something serious, and have it come off and not move you in some way. So being able to kind of like switch between. Uh, them, I think, is is kind of the next level. To to me, my reference for the ability to switch between serious and comedy is The Sopranos. Um, being the king of, it is just constantly the funniest thing you've you've ever seen. And uh, then uh, Tony, Tony watches uh, his his best friend uh, sex worker die and has to work with that, uh, and that's a real bummer. So I, I don't know if this this loops into what you were talking about, but that's my uh, no. It, it does perfectly. So, so the Sopranos has always been the Dragon Ball Z of uh, <laughs> prestige television in the Agreed. West. I don't I don't think anyone would contest that. I think that's just the facts, and that's precisely why it's because of that ability to hold both at the same time. Um, Z is always funny because everything about it is so fucking stupid, um, but like it's got these. It's got these emotional beats that it does hit, and um, are you familiar with the the abridged series? Not to bring up YouTubers too early in this, but I know I. Th- this is why I, I do not uh, I distance myself from a Dragon Ball knower. I, I I have enjoyed it. I know most of the 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 big the big boys. You know who doesn't love uh, Vegeta. Etc. But <laughs> who among us doesn't, doesn't love, love Vegeta? <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> my, my my good friend Vegeta, who has never done anything wrong. Um, <laughs> who who? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of his work in the Obama White House. Um, sorry, if that's woke. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, we don't have drones. It's all just Vegeta, and he's having a great time. Um. Well, the the Abridged series is funny because it starts off being a comedic parody 
obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but as it goes on, they start to kind of get better at writing the real emotional beats than the actual show, and it just becomes like a, a script punch-up in a way <laughs> um, where where I kind of feel like it stops being fair use. I feel like we actually do start to reach a point where you're just doing the episode, but a little different. And I mean, that doesn't bother me, but I'm not surprised that, that um, they, they stopped because it was, they were having a hard time monetizing it. <laughs> uh, so, so, so what is exactly is the abridged series compared to, um, you know, the, the series itself? Is it, is, is it a separate project or I, I, I don't, I don't Oh, okay. Don't All right. Understand. So, so the abridged series is made by a group of YouTubers. They've got no connection to the, the real thing. Uh, and, and it was basically, it started as like a YouTube comedy thing where they would, because Dragon Ball Z has quite a lot of padding in it. Mm-hmm. This is a series where there, there's long stretches uh, of just staring at each other and talking and the animation budget clearly could not accommodate the release schedule. This is very common in anime. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were like, let's just hit the core beats. We're going to abridge it. We're going to do, um, I can't remember how many, I feel like they got to the end of the cell saga and it was, I don't know, 50 episodes maybe. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the real show we're you know, we're looking at hundreds by that point. And it was mostly jokes. It was mostly goofing on the characters because they are inherently silly. Um, a lot of the early humor is not aged very well, I would say. <laughs> Anyone getting into it, I would expect the first, I don't know, 10 episodes to be quite rough. Once you start getting into the Frieza stuff, though, it's it's a pretty good time. Um, but once you start getting into the Cell stuff, um, you start getting into a problem that uh, attentive viewers of of the 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 fine wine that is Dragon Ball Z uh, will have noticed, which is that they're they're reaching at these emotional beats with characters like Gohan that they kind of hit, but not really, and they just sort of do it, I would say, better in a lot of ways. And it is like I said, it becomes it becomes them just rehashing episodes much more directly in a way that um I'm not sure is really in line with what the project was even meant to be, but also it it makes me interested in a world where localizers are given creative control to an extent that they aren't normally because I would love to I'd love to see I I mean they get creative control when it's time to like censor shit like four kids but um Going so far as to do like little little script punch ups and like little bits of editing, I think that would be really interesting um, to have these distinct versions where you could say it's not just subs or dubs, but there's like the Japanese and the American version and they are genuinely different experiences, I think would be kind of interesting because we don't fucking need dubs. Uh, you can you can read. It's fine. Yeah, G- I- give me a little something to chew on if you're going to do it, you know? Yeah, I, I can uh, I can agree with that. The 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 issue for me always comes down to is that I I would love to always do subs, but it is the 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 quality um is is you know questionable at times. When I'm just like, fine, I'll just listen to an extremely white person go. I'm I'm Keita Takahashi, and I go to, to the <laughs> middle school, and I'm gonna 
kill my dad with a fireball or, or whatever the anime is about. And it's I believe it, that's the plot of 50% of anime. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so it is. And, and when that is easier to take seriously than whatever Netflix is cranking up on the screen, um, there's an issue. But I, I absolutely get where you're coming from of the kind of like post released sort of like massaging of a story is is very interesting. And it's like I would say the number one concern for me is is the um <laughs> uh, the the return of the of the Reich cut of Dragon Ball Z <laughs> might might rear its ugly head if that became more popular. Um. Absolutely, and I would like to see it. <laughs> Dragon uh, Ball Z, but the, the Super Saiyan form is really a lot more about how it makes you blonde and, and I think blue-eyed, maybe green-eyed. Um, that's the important thing about it, actually. <laughs> um, i be becoming... Um, a, a, a different kind of sicko. Um, I, I've become a mm -hmm. Gundam sicko in the past year. Oh. And so, especially with the original series, it's definitely a question of whether or not you want to watch the full, uh, you know, the full series or the kind or the movies that give you all of the like high points and it gives you what you need so you can move on to Char's counterattack, which uh, will rewrite your brain. Um, but it's it, it is clearly like jumbled, um, and there so you can sort of like move on past the old anime or whatever. Right. Um, but I think it's really interesting how um, just recently uh, Bandai released uh, a or Sunrise rather, sorry, uh, released a full uh, like full budget uh, movie of one of the episodes that they just fucked up. It was just not enough budget. It was at the end of, of sort of like the, the run that was planned at the time. Um, and it was just Doan's Island was like nonsensical. The animation was terrible. And so they just made like a feature length movie about that, that you just are supposed to watch instead of episode 15. And it's fucking incredible. Um, and I really love the idea of tinkering with this stuff and not being precious to canon because there's no real reason uh, to, I think, to be precious with canon unless you're, you know, if you fear change, which is understandable. But um, I, I think <laughs> that it actually is the, the sort of stasis of, of that is not particularly useful. It's just the question is who's, whose voice gets to, gets to rewrite the canon? You know, how, how do we, approach that and apply that. And, you know, and in Sunrise's case, they have such a, you know, iron control over Gundam. It's easy, but for stuff like yeah. you know, this, this Dragon Ball, uh, a bridge project, it's sounds like it's just, you know, the realest fans on YouTube um, with an audience. Um, but I think that's all interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see if, if there's how uh, I want to check that out. And I'm curious to see how it goes. Has there been, uh, has anyone yelled at them? That's what I'm curious about. Oh my god. I mean, I feel like they're constantly getting hit by copyright stuff, so YouTube certainly is yelling at them. Um, I'm assuming uh, Toei and or Funimation uh, probably have done some yelling. Um, <laughs> like I said, if you check it out, the first few episodes, it's it, you could feel its age. It's not great, but it does, it does genuinely just become I kind of think just the same show, but 
with the benefit of decades of hindsight as well, sort of seeing what about different characters arcs worked and what didn't and just kind of putting focus where it's more interesting. Um, and then when you go back and you watch the show itself, you start to remember things you liked about characters were from the abridged series that was not in the show. Uh, <laughs> but you, you see almost the implication of it in the show, but it never gets fleshed out. And it's just, if ever a show is merited a remake and I'm not, generally in favor of this kind of behavior i feel like it's dragon ball z um because there's so many stories throughout its production of uh toriyama's editors just being like no that's gay you gotta put this in or you gotta you gotta do this or that mm -hmm. um and him doing frankly something that seems really stupid almost like to lash out at them but then that becomes the villain for the next 100 chapters <laughs> you know uh and there's just so much bizarre shit and I, I would love, I would love a version of it where he just had full creative control. I feel like he, Akira Toriyama, the creator, as far as I can tell, does not give a fuck anymore. I think he's been jerked around too much by the, um, the industry. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't actually want him behind the wheel of anything like that. But it, it's just a thing that would be interesting to see. Or, or, um, a, or a car. I assume he's an alcoholic. Um. um, probably. I feel like most manga creators. I mean, just the 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 way they're treated, they can't be doing that. They can't be raw dogging that. You know, it's got to be like working in hospitality. Everyone's drinking. Most of them are doing coke. No one's raw dogging that. Come on, one hundred percent. Yeah, you can't. It's it, you can't get weed in Japan. So it's it, it's straight down <laughs> the drain. You can't get weed in Japan. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> they they figured out how to create like a type of radiation that just kills weed. The whole island. You can't even grow it. If you try to bring it in, it just it withers instantly. It's incredible. As long as the original, I was going to say about um, sort of playing with canon, like as long as the original version of things are is preserved and it's not like the way streaming services are where they will make a change to something and just like the, the old thing is gone now. Uh, obviously, that's not the way to do it. But just like different versions, different takes on something that are also available, I yeah. think should be much more commonplace. Preserve the patch notes to Dragon Ball, um, but let's uh, <laughs> let's get some balance changes in there. Um, to the credit of the real show of Dragon Ball Z, I think that its humor was always kind of weird and foreign in a way where it can't date uh, in the same way. Okay, if you get what I mean, like it's yeah, always yeah. Akira Toriyama's always had a weird fucking sense of humor, so it's always been a weird Japanese guy's jokes. There's never been a point in the west where that was in so it kind mm -hmm. of can't be out uh, that makes, I, I guess that's cool okay well, yeah that, that's so it's, it's not too bad um I, I think a lot of the humor is kind of subtle some of it's very not but i think a lot of it is just the premise of what's going on is the joke mm -hmm. um and the more seriously the characters in it take their situation which they should because the situation is often quite dire the funnier the funnier it is that that's that what's happening is happening basically yeah, I mean, from from what I remember, it's just like it it, it goes from Goku just like ignoring every person in his life because he wants a pineapple, um, to just three episodes in a row of him screaming with the most seriousness uh, I've ever felt in my heart. So uh, I I my my memories align with what you're saying. So I will choose to believe. Perfect. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know why we've spoken about Dragon Ball Z for so long. Um, <laughs> we, we, we simply must move on. Okay. The, the uh, legally required anime portion 
uh, of the podcast uh, is now concluded. And what's important about that is that it's it's legally defined both by the start and end, uh, meaning that you can't. <laughs> It's over now. Don't bring up anime. Um, oh, that's that. That jail. is. I'm glad that you you said that because I was about to do 20 minutes on Gundam Iron Blooded Orphan. But I, <laughs> I, you know, you know how much I love the laws. I know you love laws. Um, I mean that would that would be fair to do to me because I've I don't know if I've seen. I think I've seen a bit of, um, either Gundam Wing or Gundam Seed. I don't know which one. Um, I, and. I, I, I haven't seen either of those. I have seen quite a lot of Gundam now, and I feel feel like when I look at all of it, it's like you're four percent complete. So <laughs> it's a whole thing. Um, I they made I'm, too much Gundam. I did. Certainly, there are some Gundams that could be cut. I'm I'm curious on the pod if you got around to seeing John Wick four. Oh, I have not seen John Wick 4 yet. I need to watch John Wick four um, on Wednesday. I'm doing Barbenheimer. Which is important um, for some reason to do. Yeah, uh, I I have Barbie certainly seems a bit more in my interest, um, but I have no uh, no desire to watch either of those. To be honest, um, I have Christopher Nolan is perhaps my least favorite filmmaker working today. Oh, same. Uh, I'm I'm here to hate him. <laughs> I so a big thing that attracts me to Oppenheimer is curiosity with whether they'll be able to get outside of the American narrative about the development of the nuke, where it was this heroic thing they did to end the war. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, then I mean that'll be a fun film to critique for being like genuinely kind of evil. Uh, but if so, I'll be interested how Christopher Nolan reckons with that reality because he's sort of. Kind of a reactionary dumbass, as far as I can tell from his work. Um, yeah, and I'd I'd love to see him try to use his brain. Uh, and I I you know I I doubt it'll go well. So that's fun for me. When when Christopher Nolan does use his brain, we get we get some amazing opinions. Um, I I reactionary dumbass, absolutely. Uh, I I think that I think he's legitimately an incredibly talented filmmaker, but has just taken. Uh, taking the balloon uh, to the outer edges of the atmosphere and starts saying things. It's actually great when they can't hear the dialogue, and then puts like forty-five minutes of exposition and tenant that don't doesn't clear anything up. Um, and <laughs> I, I I fucking hate it. I hate tenant so much. And it, you know, I I I don't care what anybody else thinks about uh, a movie unless I've already you've already passed my taste screening, uh, which I hold in my heart for every person I meet. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's just amazing to me that he's he's so beloved, and I think so little of him now. Like I, I legitimately liked one or two of his movies. I like Memento quite a bit. Um, I, oh yeah, that was not bad. And I I will say that there is a quality to the Dark Knight that that elevates it beyond some of the dog shit. Um, especially having seen it in the theater in the way that the like. Uh, IMAX would kind of play into the experience almost of of he would start the IMAX just a little bit before the like cool shit happened so it you would see like the the slight change in the uh in the theater's projection he had, he filmed like all the action scenes in like super IMAX or something I don't quite remember now um so it's I I think that there's a lot of 
you know, I do think he's using his noggin, but I think he's using his noggin to create, um, you know, bath bathtub meth. I don't know. He's, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I don't know. It, I, I'm not, I'm not going to call him Walter White, but uh, he's he's certainly in in that same hit. He's yeah, okay. He could be the Walter White of filmmaking. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. I yeah, I don't know. I I didn't like a lot of what he did in his Batman movies. Uh, I think that he really brought out a lot of the worst things about Batman, which, you know, it's not Batman's fault. Batman is not real. I'm afraid to break it to, <laughs> to so many, um, but he tends to have writers who are really, there's a conservative bent to the way he's angry about urban crime. Um, and there's there's some really ugly shit in in the Batman catalog. Um, I think Rise is uh, is rancid. Oh yeah. Um, and and there's you know there's he very uh, you know it's real that there there was a lot of Occupy stuff going on when that movie's production was being started. Yeah, and like tell. Nolan and. And and that wasn't like in the script at first. They changed it to be more uh, antagonistic to Occupy. They spent m- like studio money to to be shitty and conservative. So uh, you one hundred percent correct. And it's just you know not a very compelling movie either. Um, unfortunately, I do love Tom Hardy's Bane. So I, I had a hard time. <laughs> Reckoning those two facts, but since James Domian now does uh, Tom Hardy Bane on the Harley Quinn show, I can now transfer that love over to James Adomian, um, which I recommend to everybody. I, I, I do kind of love the Harley Quinn show. Um, <laughs> I, I, have, I have a really good time with it. It's so fun. I love, I love the Bane on there. It's, <laughs> it's just so good. The, um, the one, uh, when they do uh, the sort of their riff on the post-earthquake Gotham, um, and everybody is just being shitty to Bane's <laughs> to, to <laughs> version. And, like, Two-Face yeah. is just like, no, you're you're there, you know, in the shadows. And Bane is being like, listen, I was born in the shadows, but, <laughs> like, trying to argue his point for, like, a marketing thing. Um, really yeah. good writing. Um, <laughs> um, I think a good bit, is uh, because listen, a, a long-standing bit, as we all know, is is gay Joker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Bat- Batman, he's he's, oh, he's trying to stop Joker being gay. Uh, I think Bane also also Batman's trying to stop him being gay. <laughs> I, I feel like <laughs> that you can argue that for a lot of the villains. Um, Film freak, uh, definitely Batman wants to stop him from being gay. My favorite Batman villain. <laughs> Aside from Freeze, I'm I'm struggling to think of of any particularly heterosexual Batman villains. Batman's got a really gay roster of villains, and he's so angry, and that's why he's messing with them and not like people doing more substantial crimes. Uh, he's a he's a homophobe. That's true. That's why, that's even though I I am not a fan of the movie itself, I have to respect the Batman because that's the one where they made Batman gay. Um, yeah, even, Batman's gay in that one. That's and that's good. why he has chemistry <laughs> with his love interest <laughs> for once. <laughs> um, yeah, Robert Pattinson crying with the eye shadow on in the Batcave. I was 
I was so ready to love that movie. That's gay Riddler, um, or tra- trans Riddler, excuse me. Yeah, trans Riddler, <laughs> Robert Pattinson, he's listening to Nirvana in the Batcave and crying. Uh, you didn't like that movie, then. The, the I, Batman. I, I thought there were a lot of creative choices that I liked, um, that I was happy to to sit and enjoy. But I, I, it, I think the actual plot is like worse than a CSI episode. It's <laughs> it's like the, the Riddler's riddles aren't interesting. Um, it's when Paul Dano unmasks at the end and is having his face to face. Like that's a really compelling moment, and I just don't feel that's. That's matched. I don't. I don't like the way that it looks, um, personally. And it's in its. I, I think it's way too long for the story it's telling. Now that is true. It is way too fucking long. Um, and, and it's stuff. It's. it's I, I don't. It's not a hill I'll die on. You know. It's. I think Colin Farrell is funny as the Penguin. You know. It's got good casting. I. I will see the next one. Um, but I think is it he, is. Is he getting a spinoff, or was that a joke? I swear I saw that he was getting a Penguin spinoff. I heard he was getting a Penguin spinoff. I heard he loves being the Penguin. That's fine. <laughs> so I, stupid. I, I love it. I I, I heard uh, that he was just going to be Colin Farrell um, and just being the Penguin and maybe has a scar in his eye. And he's like, no, fuck me up. I want to be yes. the, the nasty Penguin. Um, and so it's, it's, it's hard to fuss with it. I was just so bored. <laughs> Give me that Danny DeVito treatment. Yeah, no, I I totally get it. Um, I I very much get why somebody would not enjoy the movie on those grounds. Um, I I don't know why. I don't know why so much of it clicked with me. I think I I guess why is because it was trying to say something mm-hmm. other than just I'm a conservative and I don't like all the new things, which is all the fucking Nolan Batman movies ever felt like to me. Um, also, isn't isn't it so cool to be Bruce Wayne? Isn't he so cool? Um, and, yeah. and part of that is Christian Bale's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just like that, which is why people also think it's kind of cool to be Patrick Bateman, which is maybe not, <laughs> not the point of that movie. But um, <laughs> but I think Pattinson being just a fucking goblin um, really, I don't know. It just felt right. We we need more of Bruce Wayne just being a, a a social freak because that's who that guy would be, you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's wonderful. the 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 other movie I want to ask you if if you've seen um, is Avatar Two. I have not yet seen that. Um, I anticipate despising it as much as I did the first one. To be honest, um, yeah. You know, I, I've heard the arguments for it. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I have a decent grasp of, of why people enjoy it. And I'm sure eventually I'll be in the mood for that type of enjoyment of a movie. But I, I, I can't say if it'll be soon. Um, um, it certainly would never die on an Avatar hill. Um, but <laughs> what's, what's interesting about Avatar 2 is that it is kind it, it is a blockbuster that has traveled through time to to be an actual movie um where they don't they don't make those anymore um and i know Av- avatar is kind of it is a franchise now but it's not uh it, it's been so long since the last one and it's so like partic- particularly weirdly james cameron that it still doesn't quite feel like you know, we're doing Terminator 2 with uh, Arnold's back. Um, 
It it yeah. It's it's like a movie that's spend that's really long that spends like twenty minutes uh, talking about you know like a, a bullying subplot. It is like so family friendly and kind of corny, but also you know James Cameron has his you know cinema complex forever, just like making this movie exactly to his vision. Like it's it's. I think it's worth watching because you're watching the future of cinema as everything else dies in the the strike and AI plague. Like there will be only Avatar now. I we should have never <laughs> mistrusted James Cameron that he wouldn't get the second one made. Uh, and absolutely, I, and I think the next four are are absolutely coming down the line. Um, I think a big part of this is people are hungry for something that feels like an auteur work because so many big budget movies feel like they're made by committee because they're all fucking Disney soulless freak films. Absolutely. I wouldn't even say auteur. I would just say like a movie that's about something. Um, <laughs> yeah, more so than just like, oh, the villain Blarp is here. Uh, we have to defeat his mirror powers. Um, it's It's actually... You know, like, oh, we find, uh, you know, sunsets beautiful. You know, you know, it's actually <laughs> okay to love your family. You know, like insane statements like that. That's uh, gay. No, <laughs> movies need to be about defeating Blarp, who is using his <laughs> dark magic to feed <laughs> inner city children. Um, I, I and I think that it's like, it, and it's it's kind of pathetic in a way that people like respond so wildly to stuff like Top Gun 2 just because it's it's going back to like an older form of propaganda where you wanted yeah. to be in the navy because it was noble and because you you wanted to protect the world you lived in sort of thing and you believe the lie on that level and it's not yeah. just and it's not just oh, do you want to be woke or do you want to join the navy? Uh, it seems to be the argument now. Um, and 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 I think it's uh, Cameron does a better job than uh, Tom Cruise does, but it's still like super interesting to me as a movie, even if you know I can totally understand somebody not liking it. Um, but I did kind of love it. There's there's a lot of absurd action and nonsense in there, and, and James Cameron's pissed. Um, it pissed, it pissed in a, pissed in a rich, absolutely super rich person's way. But, um, you, you remember when Ocean Gate went down and James Cameron was just like, uh, yeah, that seems exactly like, uh, what would happen, uh, to those dipshits, uh, just like what happened with the Titanic. And, and it's just like, he, he has like a, a sharpness to him still that I think you could see in the movie. Um, that's not like, you know, real revolutionary thought or whatever, but it's, it's interesting as a blockbuster. Anyway, that that's my movie segment. I mean, I'm I'm always in favor of people who just have this general air of yeah, fuck those guys towards rich people. Um, this is a pro Ron Perlman uh, firebombing. <laughs> uh, I think Bob Iger's house. That was uh, so podcast. good. What a oh god, he fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, <laughs> there's a lot of ways you could lose a house, and he's just sitting in his backyard and just like. <laughs> Speaking of uh, depictions of those in power that are that are oft less than favorable, we're here to talk about a little video game called Resident Evil Four: Colon the Remakening, I believe is what it's called. Uh, colon again, Leon's Day Out. 
It's Resident Evil 4 2. Like Final Fantasy X 2. Um, 4 2. Is that <laughs> yeah. kind of the vibe? Exactly. Okay. Ashley, where are you? Your soul requires cleansing. So, I mean, first of all, I love this game. But I, I'd i like to hear your general thoughts on it, especially in relation to the original, if you've got any strong feelings about the, the OG Resident Evil 4. Because my feelings are are positive, but simply not that passionate about, about the original. I, I, I've always been a huge Resident Evil head, um, and... When four came out, I, I loved it. I, I didn't quite have the same uh, balls to the wall uh, scream fest that I think some some people had. Um, to me, it was just like this is a great action based Resident Evil. Um, but it 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 was just like you know it's 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 it was part of the franchise. You know, sort of like a shift to the more action based stuff. Yeah, people people fucking loved that game like i still hear people talk about it like as their favorite game of all time like very often and i i mm-hmm. always found that fascinating that it it's good but there's games that you expect to click with a lot of people that way and it's 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 never really been that to me the original at least yeah um you know i'm happy uh you know i'm happy that resident evil was able to to pull up because there was th- that was like to me, it was more of just like, oh, I'm so glad that they're still making good Resident Evils more so than I was blown away by the game, even though I was mm-hmm. very engaged with the game. I um, mean, I've replayed it several times. Um, but it's all of the Resident Evils have sort of uh, replayability mechanics, you know, where you, you unlock items or, you know, you're searching for the S rank time, et cetera. And for the original Resident Evil and Resident Evil 2, that's the stuff I would do because I I, I was just so taken with those games. Yeah. Um, and Resident Evil 4 um, was switch- downshifting away from the horror. I like. I think the village section was legitimately scary with because uh, your your power level is so low. Um, but I but I think that drops off a cliff much sooner than other Resident Evil, and I didn't. I don't want to say I didn't like that, but I, I the, the horror element in Resident Evil is what I respond to most of all, um, and I feel like that was ditched, um, and that's what I think is so wonderful about the remake and makes me love it more. Um, one one question I have for you is, uh, what what's your general history with uh, Resident Evil as a whole? Um, you know, I, I assume you were not as as much of a super fan as me because you are at least you know on the surface more mentally well. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> um, well, when four came out, I think I played it as my first Resident Evil. Maybe uh, I've never played like the original versions of the first few. Um, I've I've played I've played the remakes, uh, which I've loved. Um, but I played four, and I was like, "This is a pretty good game. I like a lot of what it's doing." Already at that point, I was a bit like, "You can't move and shoot, huh? This is a, a peculiar way to do a third-person sort of action shootery game." Um, but you do kind of learn to love the unique way it makes you play because of that. Um, and then five came out, and I was like, "This is kind of dog shit." Uh, and then I kind of fell off the series until. 
I'm not sure what what came out first between Village and no no the the two remake came out before Village right like a couple years at least I think um absolutely that that, that yeah, that's correct that kind of got me back into it um when that happened so I'm I've only been really into Resident Evil for a few years honestly um mm-hmm. I ignored it for a lot of a lot of time. I was always kind of aware of it. I always had a bit of a sense of what it was about and stuff, but it just never really appealed to me. I, I feel like because five and six were really prominent at the time, I would have been getting into it. Uh, it was just like, is this even a horror series? What the fuck are these games? Um, and then I didn't even really know about seven. I love seven uh, biohazard in, in hindsight. Uh, but two got me back into it, and I was like, "This is fucking. This is really good." That that first that first uh, segment in the in yeah. is uh, where X is chasing you is is the best Resident Evil uh, has ever been. It's uh, so fucking good, and I'd been playing a lot of indie horror games up until then. Like obviously, Amnesia, Dark Descent, when it came out, was a really big influence on me, and I was really into like. Horror games shouldn't give you guns. I, I did strongly feel that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I I think a lot of games, that's true. Like, Alien Isolation is a game I love until they give you a flamethrower that makes the Xenomorphs, like, not a big deal. And then it's like, this is, I'm not afraid of anything anymore. This game is no longer... It's no longer doing the thing it was good at. But that did put me off Resident Evil until I really got into it and sort of came to understand why that works and why that's fun in this game. Cause it's not, it's not like amnesia. It's a very different experience. And I think that it sometimes captures parts of those more sort of non action horror experiences. Like, uh, seven does that a fair bit. Uh, village does have like a whole segment. That's very amnesia. Oh, yeah. Um, inspired i love village village is great and then yeah the three remake i really like a lot of people weren't so thrilled about that one i loved it and then of course the four remake um and i think that's all the ones i've played i've never played i I played a bit of five and hated it i just ignored six um the the thing with five and six is that you're correct is just like in the the dna of the game um they they wanted to distance distance themselves from the horror um, and also in another questionable decision, like I, I uh, like five, uh, except for the r- shocking racism, uh, <laughs> mm. that, that, that's bad. Um, but it's, it's like meant to be a co-op game. If you don't, if you play it with just like Shiva as your AI partner, it's just like mm. you, you are playing the game at like a quarter capacity. Um, and six That's is definitely part of where I went wrong. I think. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it, it's tough to find a friend in the modern era. Like, do you want to play this game where uh, there, there's a part where you will be chilled by how uh, obtuse they are? <laughs> <laughs> um, and six, they double down on the multiplayer aspect, where it's like you, it, they really want you to have two two players because it's it's all designed about each, each the whole time. Every, both players are doing something different. And then like at the other set pieces, you're supposed to meet other, uh, you know, uh, co-op parties to like do, do like a foursome against whatever the big boss is. Yeah. And it like, the, I, I think that the game is, the games are more defensible with, with that in mind, but it's certainly, you know, the, the nadir of resident. Evil. 
it's interesting that you that you talk about like you know horror games shouldn't have guns um because that's always kind of what has set resident evil apart um not not the guns necessarily but the attitude that it's uh you you start out you know super weak and in in resident evil by the end you you are you are almost always a match for everything and it's in it you know that's it's classic power fantasy but i think it's always structured really well in resident evil because it in most of them you are successfully like pretty terrified at the beginning and it's wonderful to kind of go back and be able to own them and and it's it's mm-hmm. nice i think it it dovetails well with how in resident evil nothing is supernatural Everything yeah. has has been designed by humans to hurt humans for a profit. It's always specifically for money, um, and and I like that as as a kind of thing where you, you know just being like you know fuck these fucking umbrella dudes. We are gonna get the sick the biggest gun and we're gonna shoot Wesker or whoever in the head about it uh, to to reclaim Raccoon City. Hell yeah! Uh, and you know it never goes well, but I I, I like the the specifics of it. Um, and I think you know you 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 see that in the remake uh, of four uh, as well. Um, there's there's nothing scarier than that that opening village scene, and this is a much scarier Resident Evil four. It absolutely is. Um, and I mean, you know, it's it's a very surface level like politics that the series tends to have. You know, of it's course, big corporation, course. irresponsible, uh, slash, you know, um, malicious, and you know, doing all these terrible things in pursuit of profit. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, fair enough. That that's a premise. It's a pretty fun premise. Uh, but I also feel like some people already kind of complained about this. But I feel like the remake of four, um, and this was hardly a, a a strongly fleshed out thing in the original. But I feel like Sadler had a bit more politics to him, mm-hmm. whereas in the remake he feels more of a straight laced kind of cult leadery type of guy. What did, what did you make of that of the decision to uh, again it was it was never that substantial but he did have like a couple lines of, about like American imperialism sort of to me I it's you know I I would have liked the um to, to have you know I I of course would have loved Sadler to dis American imperialism but I I think that. You know, I, I guess I understand that they want to loop it back into the the umbrella story, which does take yeah. some oomph out of the uh, out of the whole whole thing. Um, that to make it about Wesker's sort of insane plan. Um, so it's 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 certainly a bummer, but I also think that Resident Evil Four probably. I also think that that didn't come off, didn't pop off too hard in the original either. Um, so it, I, I didn't miss it necessarily. It, I, I was just enjoying uh, the the interplay between Sadler and Leon. Like Leon just having no patience for Sadler as he did his me- megalomaniacal shit. Um, that made yeah. it work uh, just just as well for me, even though he he is less of a character. Absolutely. Um, I, I want to talk about Leon in just a minute, but first, it needs to be said: Sadler is definitely an Assad guy, right? <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. He's got a portrait of Assad in in like an office somewhere, a tasteful one. Um, the Resident Evil Five remake is he he sent one of the Las Plagas to Assad uh, 
what I assume is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we listen, we need what what his cult needs is support from the Lion of Damascus. And that's what that's what you need to understand. <laughs> Well, it's time to learn how to mod. Uh, <laughs> we're going to make the Resident Evil remake a bridge project with the correct politics it deserves. <laughs> Modders, you have an opportunity to fix this game um, in, in ways other than removing clothing from Ashley, you fucking animals. I, certainly there's plenty of that, but I am in support of mods removing clothing from Leon. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I the we, we we it's been discussed before, but uh, that that is a seems to be the one of the most powerful psychic aspects. So I unfortunately we can't crack down. I find the attraction to Leon very funny um, because I've always thought he looks very stupid with his little haircut. Um, but also, you got to hand it to him; clearly hogged out. You can tell one hundred percent. <laughs> he's just got I would say more in this game than the original I also just feel like he's kind of got good vibes um, I feel like I would trust him I would trust him to escort uh, a young lady uh, more than any cop uh, in existence it's it's a little goofy to say uh, because it, it is Resident Evil 4 but there is a, a underscoring of character narrative and and this one that was not there in the original, where you know Ashley was just uh, you know somebody for the perverts to salivate over. Leon was sort of was a very kind of like the the most basic ass, ass uh, Resident Evil protagonist. Is like what if what if Chris was less charismatic? Um, and yeah. they've they've turned it around because Luis stays around um, for for so much longer. I'm he's, he's so of, good. And he's amazing, yeah. And he just like does, and he he frustrates Leon, and so you get to see these different aspects of him. You see uh, Leon like take care of Ashley in this one, and her become braver throughout because yeah. of it. Um, and it's and you know, like we talked about with Sadler, you know, just like he has no patience for them, and his his one liners come off as just like so sneering. Like after you've, it's just like. You know, you watch your neighbor that you hate, uh, you know, patio furniture blow away, and, and you just have some like shitty comment you make to yourself, um, <laughs> rather than r- rather than him like fully, you know, mugging for the audience. Like it, he feels good. He has good vibes, and I think even though he is stupid, he's 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 cap- he feels capable. Yeah, it feels like you can trust him for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. Which has always kind of been a feeling, like, I, I do like how Resident Evil's protagonists feel really distinct, for the most part, um, at least as of the remakes. Like, Leon feels so different from Chris, who feels so different from Jill. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they all feel very different from Ethan Winters, um, who's just there to <laughs> just be... Just be fucking beaten to death constantly. He's just there to suffer. <laughs> Ethan Winters is an inspired protagonist. Just, <laughs> just what? Just what if the world's biggest dipshit was the protagonist in two of the greatest Resident Evil games of all time? What would it be like? I love that they decided just to pick on this guy. Like he's constantly getting fucked up in in, in a way that doesn't tend to happen. 
like Leon does Leon never gets fucked up like Ethan. Um and I, I love it. Yeah, it's just like if it's it's like always like a very particular plot moment when when Leon's even like weakened. You know, at the beginning he gets injected with La, Las Plagas and that's the that's the story. But like Leon's gonna you know, but but all you do is make Leon angry. You know, you don't. <laughs> he comes comes back at you that much harder. Um, yeah, and I think too is it's it's very interesting to me seeing the evolution of the Resident Evil protagonists having a character because it's like up until I would say even with seven. It was a fool's errand to to step into the lore, into the wiki. Um, you know, like I, it's it, that Resident Evil is not a game I I would ever suggest anybody try to figure out the timeline for. It is each are individual game experiences that you know can tie into each other, but they 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 don't care about retconning. It 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 doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. But recently, they have very successfully, I think. Uh, in, injected, you know, some some real heart into it. I think uh, Jill's warmth in three, but also, you know, clearly her she is the person with the most experience with all of this. Um, yeah, and is is like is very distinct from Claire's uh, kind of like I'm just here trying to figure this out, and there's a kid here. What are we gonna do? Like it's it it it's a welcome change, and I'm I'm uh, as 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 for a long time, the only Resident Evil head after six. Um, I'm I'm pleased mm-hmm. as punch that now there are uh, Resident Evil Stan accounts, um, and and mostly about Leon. I I there's some Ada Wong love, uh, but it's just all Leon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing about Ada is that she's kind of scary, which is good. Mm-hmm. However, as of Resident Evil Eight, I mean, there's simply there's a there's there's a certain level that has been reached that she's just not um at anymore uh, yeah <laughs> because she's not tall enough i'm gonna be honest with you that's that's the main thing uh yeah just a just a quick shout out to lady democrescu for yeah oh uh, my god for for awakening uh things in every single one of us uh for for pulling me up by the neck nape of my neck and using her vampire powers to tell me I'm trans uh while her <laughs> while her three cackling daughters just talk about uh you know their piss kink and drinking blood uh it's 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 powerful it's 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 a it's a different tier of game it's important to me how gross her daughters are it's so fucking funny <laughs> what a great game it's so funny that that's just the first segment and i remember some of the people who worked on it being like we did not realize she would be such a hit. <laughs> and I do have to ask um, what that's going to mean in the next Resident Evil game, how much that's going to influence their design decisions. <laughs> I I think, I mean, I don't know. Um, I, it depends on what the next, the next setting is or what they're trying to pull from, because I feel like I, I I don't want to say they've been, you know, innovative or whatever, but they've taken un- unexpected turns. Like when they made the big shift to to seven, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna do a Texas Chainsaw Massacre," a uh, little bit of a riff, yeah, for Resident Evil. You're just like, "What? <laughs> this is the <laughs> yeah. Resident Evil that we're we're getting now?" So it it I, I hesitate to guess. I absolutely hope 
there, there is even taller woman uh, who wants to step on me even harder. Um, and, and all I can do is hope. I mean, I feel like the series has always had a horniness to it, but I feel like that it, it's been getting hornier, I think. Um, it's either that or the internet is making it seem that way, but I feel like it is just a bit. Um, so so we'll see what happens with that. Absolutely. I mean, you, I, I've been pl- replaying uh, it as in prep of, of this episode. And, you know, mm-hmm. when Ada Wong zips away and stuff, you'd, absolutely you get ass shots etc when when leon is doing his big moves uh his his coats off and you see see the bulging uh <laughs> his bulging muscles and bolt um and it's 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 a lot more pointed now i think in in terms of uh titillating you on that level but you know th- <laughs> but it's like it's just so nice that they didn't do it with ashley you're just like thank you these i was <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the the camera is so voyeuristic with Leon and Ada, but it doesn't with Ashley, and it's just it's it's so refreshing. I feel like society has progressed ever so slightly. <laughs> <laughs> like one golden age point, we're not getting the golden age, but yeah, and 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 two, it, it's it's like not only that, but it's just the moments in the second half. You know, like I assume this is this is a. a spoiler okay podcast oh my god yeah if, okay. if you, you spoil them kill them take them out back let's go just when uh leon um cures of ashley of the the plagas first and then passes out and then ashley manages cures her to, covid uh, cures her covid and then ashley manages to like you know get leon up in the chair and figure it out you know it's 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 a rote character beat but they, it's it's well put together, and it feels like a culmination of of their effort together. Um, and like Ashley, when they're riding away on the jet ski, she doesn't uh, do you know cornily talk about uh, you know wanting to date him or whatever. Um, it's it's just she wants to still be with him, and you know because they've had like this uh, bonding time together. Like it, it is night and fucking day. Yeah, that is just like this is for adults to be horny, and it's you're just like Lord, this is <laughs> what century is this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I find it kind of insulting um, when something that's when I'm more or less the target audience of something, and they're expecting me to get horny uh, or or respond to the horniness positively when it involves like minors. It's yeah. like. It's, it's you made like, some assumptions about your audience, and uh, I hope they're not true, but I'm yeah, not going to check. Yeah, Ashley's quote 19 uh, in in the game. Bullshit. And so- <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This young it's- child is a 1,000-year-old dragon. Fine. <laughs> you can't arrest me. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um <laughs> And, like, the meme of Ashley was not uh, gross at all. It was just like, what if Ashley was a mouse? <laughs> it was so pleasant, yeah. It was yeah. like the the vibes in, like, the, the... I hesitate to say community, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> were so good around this game in a way that I think... And that it encouraged by not um, immediately presenting you with, like, sexualizing this character. Uh, and it was great. It was chill. What if she was a mouse? That's kind of the vibe. She'd, she'd be Until cheese later in the game, us. she becomes a she becomes a full rat. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and I think too is is like mechanically all the changes that were made almost universally um it's not just like quality obvious quality of life stuff um you know moving and shooting etc uh but also you know it's like most of the boss fights are the same except for the you know the the little weenus in charge of the castle has got a whole oh yeah got the full revamped because his boss fight was just you standing still and just unloading into his face uh, in a in a not sexy way um and and well, <laughs> well listen I'm sorry I'm sorry to speak for any listeners uh, <laughs> and now that he's he's like a weird like fucked up you know mass of like goo and tentacles and just like running around and and shouting his weenus sayings at you um, that <laughs> was a legit- dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> like that was a legitimately harrowing fight after a much fucking scarier castle section. Um, like it, it, the the part where you play as Ashley by yourself in in the castle, and oh you're, fuck, you're, it's you're, so good. You're trying to figure all this stuff out, and it is. It's not. It's not annoying. It is. It is a great beat of being powerless and trying to figure it out. And and the whole thing is just so much scarier. Um, I I love it. Absolutely. Um, it actually kind of was in line, I think, with previous remakes, which a lot of people assumed it would be. But I feel like they they're they're almost reimagining the series in a way with a much more consistent tone, which I've found kind of. I, fa- I found that kind of curious because their new entries have remained so eclectic. Um, like seven and eight are so different, and even eight itself has like cl- genre sections almost that are totally distinct from each other. Um, but I feel like they've kind of brought two, three, and four into into this sort of trilogy. I feel like you could play beginning to end, and it would feel like yes, this is obviously the same series. Um, at almost every level, even though each game does have its own personality. Um, so I, I was really, in a way, Resident Evil for uh, to uh, Resident Evil again uh, over the moon. That's what it's called. Um, in a way, this remake kind of it was sort of exactly what I expected in a, in a lot of ways, um, which I'm, I'm really happy about. Like I knew there was no way they were keeping um, there was no way they were keeping quick time events in. And the parry system, I thought, was really good because, especially because, yeah, now more so than when the first game came out, I think players are really familiar with parrying because it's so present in so many action RPGs, uh, and it worked really well. Yeah, and, and I would say the best part of the original Resident Evil Four is the combat flow uh, of of you know you shoot a guy in the knees and you run behind him to to do the suplex. And you can really like if once you play a bit, you can there's there's a predictability there that uh, that creates for a really fun action time. Like um, we as it as the you know mentally ill gamer group at the time would just do like time trial runs for the different mercenaries uh, levels, um, just because we weren't necessarily like uh like totally as as wild about the game uh as itself but mercenaries now that was the 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 atom bomb in our group um right and, and getting into that flow was so fun and i think the parry system 
um you could layers you layer that on top of that um it just it flows perfectly you know ha- having that uh very similar kind of vibe you know more organic ability to stun zombies and you know you can really uh manipulate them um with your pistol if you have like you know enough enough skill <laughs> uh but it, it, you but now you can still have the the element of uh, you you can push the zombie back and then that'll give you an opportunity etc um i think it's it, it raises a a great uh, action experience to a stellar action experience in my opinion yeah fuck yeah we are nearing the end of our time uh to to discuss uh re4r mm-hmm. um i'm try to call it something different every time uh do you have any closing thoughts on this game and uh you know leon's various bulges uh i've said all i'm gonna say about uh leon's uh rippling biomass uh but i will say rear My man's got that biomass you know what i'm saying <laughs> Rear is the best Resident Evil, in my opinion. It makes me really excited for whatever they're going to do in the future. Um, I, I, I hate to give it to them, but in, in my heart, I'm, a, I'm more hopeful about Capcom projects than I am about any other game company. Um, and so I am looking forward to whatever they do do with it. And I don't know, I think if you're going to play any Resident Evil ever... This is the one. And uh, Resident Evil 3 was, was good. Uh, everyone who says otherwise, is that's my closing statement. Fuck yes, kill them. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, I, I think I would say the same. Uh, if, if I wanted to introduce someone to the series, I would either go for the 2 remake or this. Um, I feel like 2 just has so much of that good bread and butter Resident Evil stuff mm-hmm. that I think it's good to almost for setting expectations, but I think 4 is probably a little bit better in its own right. Two, um, uh, two remake, four remake, um, eight, eight classic. You know, I think those are the, the ones to pick from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'd go for, I would definitely get somebody on, on two or four before eight, because eight is, is playing with the formula so much. I want, sure, people, sure. I want people to know what's being played with, but, uh, they're all fucking great <laughs> you always, games. You always do. Yeah. And there's nothing, there's listen, there's nothing funny about that. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be enough uh, in, in the public sphere. But Reese and I are going to go behind the paywall where uh, subscribers, patron subscribers can, can hear various uh, just awful, awful opinions um, from both of us, really. Uh, the kinds of things that you don't want to put out into public, but you want some people to hear, and you exactly. could be in that lucky few if you drop, jump behind the Patreon. So, for the people out here in the peasant segment of the audience, where they farm their gruel crops, um, where can people find you, Reese? Uh, you can find me at your very good bud on Twitter. Um, I, uh, I am no longer on Blue Sky because it was annoying the shit out of me. Um, uh, so I'm just there. Not Twitter also annoys the shit out of me, but you know, I've, I've been in that relationship so long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a, a, another podcast called CRT sound system, which is a radio show style podcast meant to 
download and put on your commute where we just highlight video game soundtracks we love and we talk about how much we love them. Um, and also, I have the Mental Illness Dark podcast called Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth uh, <laughs> with my good friend Alton and also, uh, uh, I believe Kyle is the third co-host. I haven't checked. Yeah, uh, Labor Kyle's also <laughs> there, as I recollect. As I recollect. Uh, and you probably <laughs> shouldn't check that out if you like Kay. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're way, we are so much worse on that one. <laughs> yeah thanks so much for for having me on uh for the peasant segment absolutely and i i totally forgot to mention uh crt sound system when i introduced you but yeah that's a really good pod um with a real not joke irish person on it i'm pretty sure uh which is exciting because frankly um the only way we're going to reunite ireland is via podcasting and i think that yours is going to be a major sort of part of that project so good job Irpod.com has listed us among the official Irish podcasts, so I'm I'm, hope, I'm hoping to play that up into uh, some sort of marriage where I can leave the United States and have care. Uh, fingers crossed. Good luck with that. Don't check on how their healthcare system's doing. It's fine. Oh, and great! Uh, it's got to be better than ours. It uh, will be better still. Don't you? Don't you worry about that. Anyway. Um, yeah, goodbye, and to our American audience, uh, yeah, sorry, sorry about the healthcare buds. Good luck. Yeah, go- goodbye, and to Americans, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All gamers are bastards. Ravioli. Ah, mamma mia.